0: 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple. 2%
2: This is the best of OutKick, the coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio.
3: Speaking of being in the zone, my oh my, Green Bay Packer fans have to be in the zone because last night, late in the evening, probably 11 o'clock or so Eastern, Aaron Rodgers hopped on Instagram, put up a picture of himself in the... Uh, hospital operating bed giving a thumbs up sign and sent the following message it's been a long road from that day to this but I'm happy to say I've been medically cleared to return thanks for all the love support prayers and well wishes over the past eight weeks and a big thank you to Dr. McKenzie and our incredible training staff hashtag rise again hashtag I believe that's all, <laughs> I, meaning there's double hashtags there, and I don't think the second hashtag has anything else associated with it. So that's Aaron Rodgers on Instagram. Now, the question becomes, if you look at the Green Bay schedule, they're sitting at 7-6 and six right now. Aaron Rodgers coming back for a massive game for both sides, the Panthers. This line has shifted quite a bit, but the Panthers, I believe, are still around a a six-and-a-half-point favorite. People are not sure how healthy Aaron Rodgers is going to be. This is a brutal schedule for the Packers, um, just so you know. Panthers are uh, this weekend. Next, uh, I guess it's Saturday, so a quick turnaround for the Packers, the Vikings on the road in Green Bay, and then they finish at the Lions. I I don't know that the Packers will win any of those games, and so – I understand why Aaron Rodgers wants to get back and why it's a big deal that he returns from this injury. But honestly, is it really smart to allow him to play these final three games? I know he's been medically cleared, but remember Tony Romo had a similar injury and he had the same thing happen to him again pretty quickly. Would it make sense to bring in Aaron Rodgers and let him take hits? when the odds are that you're really probably not going to make the playoffs. Again, I mean, I think you have to be strategic about this. I think this is when a team has to protect potentially a player from himself. I don't blame Aaron Rodgers at all for wanting to come back. But right now, you are in ninth place if you are Green Bay. You are 7-6. and six. Best case scenario, you get to 10-6. and six. If you get to 10-6, and six, you know you're going to finish in front of Detroit and... You hope that the NFC South teams don't all finish 11-5, and which would make this entire process not matter at all. Now, obviously, you can beat the uh, Carolina Panthers and get to even, what is that? You'd both be, they'd still be ahead of you. I, I just, I don't see in this scenario why it makes sense to bring back Aaron Rodgers Given where the Packers are right now, again, seven and six in ninth place. I don't feel very good about the Packers making the playoffs, even if they get to 10 and six. And I think the odds of their getting to 10 and six are pretty slim because, again, these final three games are incredibly difficult at the Panthers, then they play the Vikings, uh, and then they play at the Lions. I think it's more likely, almost that the I think it is more likely. I don't even think it almost. I think it's more likely that the Packers go zero and three in these games, even with Brett, uh, even with Brett Favre, or for that matter, even with Aaron Rodgers. than I think it is that they go three and zero. Still a big story. Still much to be discussed because this has been talked about for a while. And granted, the Packers have won two straight games. They managed to win back to back overtime games against both the Bucks and the Browns. To even put themselves into this position, but I, I mean, I don't know. I just look at this and say I, I don't really agree with the uh, decision making to bring him into uh, into this game. Maybe it's crazy, um, but uh, but to me, that seems like a ludicrous decision. Other big news, other big news that is out there: Lavar Ball, uh, maybe the worst dad of recent history, and people say oh, it's not fair to criticize another parent. That's an argument that's out there. I disagree. I think if I pulled my 16-year-old son out of high school and announced that I was taking him overseas to Moldova to do sports talk radio instead of going to high school and finishing high school and then going to a college scholarship in UCLA, I think it'd be fair game for all of you to say, man, I don't know. About this Levar Ball situation, I think that Levar Ball has totally tipped over the uh, kind of the over the media scale here, and he now has become a tremendous hindrance for his family. And I don't think he's making decisions that are rational on their behalf. I think the decision to go to Lithuania for Leangelo and Lamelo is one of the dumbest things I've ever heard of a sporting father doing. If you are interested in growing your son's brands, sending them to a country with 2 million people to pay to play in a city for 10,000 people in Lithuania where the quality of basketball isn't even going to be that high is borderline the dumbest parenting decision that I can remember in big time you know discussion that I can ever remember seeing. And LeVar Ball is also causing issues, even for the professional sports franchise that his son is on. Lonzo had a good game last night against the, uh, who did they lose to? I'm not even, the Knicks, in the Madison Square Garden, a good performance. But after that game, Lonzo Ball talked to ESPN. He was asked about reports that the Lakers had asked him to tone it down. This is LeVar Ball discussing that situation last night.
4: With the entertainment value and the media, words going to get twisted up. Just like if I say damn, that mean I'm mad. But what if I say damn, that mean good.
0: You see what I'm saying? So you guys are going to take it how you want it. The thing is, we got to stay together as a
4: team and as, as, as communication line always got to be open. And we'll be fine because they got to bust that up in order for us to not succeed. If they don't bust that up, y'all in trouble. Them Lakers is coming. Are you concerned about the team uh, not wanting not you to... I'm not concerned about the it? team, man. I've never been concerned. Well, well I mean, about I the team, ha- about you being... Seeds and just say, yo, just think about it. I'm just throwing it out there. Sometimes when you're losing, you you can, you can take some advice or some little pieces from here and there and try to tweak things to make things... All I want to do is win, man. I'm not just saying, play my son the whole time. As long as we win it, I'm cool.
3: Strange. I, I just think that LeVar Ball maybe has exhausted all of his 15 minutes... Could be wrong. And granted, some of you can say, well, you're talking about him, so he's winning. I Usually, all publicity is good publicity. I think when you're getting publicity because most rational people are saying you're making an awful decision on your son's behalf, I don't know that that is, in fact, positive in any way. We're talking about a high school kid getting sent overseas to play basketball in Lithuania for $500 a week. Tell me how that makes any sense at all if you're trying to grow your brand compared to having your kids on UCLA's basketball team playing in front of millions of people in all their big games in the nation's second largest media market. As I said the other day, this may be the first time in global history that someone has voluntarily left Los Angeles for Lithuania. It just makes zero sense. And again, it might not matter at all for Leangelo Ball, who doesn't seem to be a very good basketball player at all. But for Lamelo, who may have a chance to follow in Lonzo Ball's footsteps and end up in the NBA, is his growth and development as a basketball player going to be aided in any way by going to Lithuania? Wouldn't you be better off playing in top pickup games in Los Angeles in order to get great challenges uh, on behalf of your uh, on behalf of your son? I don't see how this Lithuania situation makes any sense at all. I don't see how it lasts. I think it's one of the most absurd things that I've ever heard of a sporting father doing, and there have been a lot of ridiculous decisions by parents out there on behalf of their kids. I actually feel bad for uh, for LaMelo in particular because he's so young, he may not even understand how bad the advice he's getting from his dad actually is. Again, 16 years old, I believe and being shipped to Lithuania to go play basketball in a league that nobody cares about in a country that I guarantee you, he probably himself, and certainly the vast majority of you listening, including me, could not even point to on a map, leaving behind everybody that you know in LA in exchange for $500 a week in Lithuanian pro basketball in a league, by the way, where it's very common for checks to bounce, and you may not even get that money. I mean, we're talking about limited, limited amounts of money for traveling all the way over to Lithuania and living there. It is, to me, an indisputably bad decision. We'll bring in the crew, see what they think about both of these things. Is it a bad idea to bring back uh, Aaron Rodgers, given how difficult the three games are for the Packers? And are you with me that Lavar Ball is making a really bad decision in sending his kids to Lithuania? I can't even believe this is real life, That they would be doing this by the way I'm also going to tee off next segment if you haven't heard this already why in the world did Michael Bennett not get suspended for diving at the back of the Jaguar center's knees you're not going to believe the rationale that the NFL used to justify that lack of suspension it's one of the most ridiculous things I have ever seen in terms of a pro sports league also loaded show let me give you a kind of a rundown for where we're headed We've got uh, my guy John Campbell, Johnny Oddshark at the bottom of the hour. We'll find out what the impact was of Brett Favre returning to play. We'll also discuss the impact from an odds maker perspective on Carson Wentz's injury and the decision to go with Nick Foles as a result, what that means for the Eagles' overall impact and chances at the Super Bowl and also the NFC Championship. We will discuss uh, that at the bottom of the hour in hour two. We'll go with my friend Jeff Schwartz, see what is shaking and what he thinks about the uh, the world of the NFL in general, including whether Michael Bennett should uh, have been suspended. And we will also talk uh, in hour three with my guy Dan Wetzel, Yahoo Sports national columnist. All that coming your way for those of you listening on the podcast and also those of you planning your day on nearly 300 AM FM stations nationwide, as well as Sirius 218 and XM Channel 202. I appreciate all of you. Thanks for spending your Wednesday morning with us. Up next, reaction from my crew, as well as my going off on the NFL over michael bennett who's being protected
2: by the league be sure to catch live editions of outkick the coverage with clay travis weekdays at 6 a.m eastern 3 a.m pacific on fox sports radio and the iHeartRadio
3: app we talked a decent amount about michael bennett and the dirty play that he made at the end of the jags game as the jags are attempting to kneel down michael bennett dives at the back of the knees of uh, the jags center and igniting really a brawl that spiraled to the point where a nearly one of his teammates went into the crowd to fight with fans after the fans were jawing with him and then someone threw a beer in a plastic cup in his direction. All of those things spiraled out of the dirty play of Michael Bennett. Well, the NFL reviewed all of the play and they actually said, according to Adam Schefter, that they were not suspending Michael Bennett. And I can't believe this is true because, and I quote, Bennett was diving for the football in this situation. Now, that might be true initially of what he was trying to do in the kneel-down situation, but that's different than the play where he dives at the back of the knees of a player on behalf of, uh, uh, clearly, like after the whistle is blown, with an intent to injure the Jacksonville Jaguar player. So I just have no idea how in the world or why in the world the NFL is protecting Michael Bennett. First of all, we caught this guy, the Las Vegas police did, lying about three minority police officers racially profiling him. So that seems like a pretty big deal that I believe Michael Bennett should have been suspended for. When you make up a fake allegation and you publicize it and the NFL and your team endorse it, that seems like a violation of the personal conduct policy because we know exactly what happened there after you review all the evidence. Furthermore, you have a situation where the Seattle Seahawks are so immune to public perception that they nominate Michael Bennett for NFL Man of the Year. He's one of 32 nominees, the NFL Are they tone-deaf? Do they have no idea what people actually think about Michael Bennett? And then, after the game ends, you have an incredibly dirty situation here with a guy diving at the back of the knees of another player who is basically doing nothing wrong, isn't even facing Michael Bennett, is holding his hands up, making it clear that he's trying not to be engaged in any kind of brawl. He just wants the game to end. This seems to me to be eerily similar to what Rob Gronkowski did when he executed a non-football play and dove at the guy on the ground already, and to what Mike Evans did when he uh, attacked Lattimore, who was in kind of an arguing match with somebody else when he came flying in and flattened him. Both of those guys got suspended for a game. Tell me how Michael Bennett is any different. Tell me how Michael Bennett's decision and behavior wasn't worse than Juju Smith-Schuster, who, granted made a block, but his block was legal within the course of live action on the field. He walked over uh, Vontez Perfect, sure. That was definitely something that didn't help him, the fact that he kind of walked over uh, the player that he knocked down. But if you had to choose between which of these was dirtier and which deserved a suspension and which did not, would not 90%, at least, if not 95 or 99% of NFL fans say, The Michael Bennett play, which occurred clearly after the whistle, was not infinitely worse than the Juju Smith-Schuster hit? I just don't understand. I don't understand. You've also now encouraged... We'll talk to Jeff Schwartz about this, but we were talking about this off-air after the ruling came down, and Schwartz pointed out something that I think is really interesting about this. He said, you have now encouraged other NFL players... To know what they can do in kneel down situations. And there will be more uh, events and circumstances like this that will arise because the NFL had an opportunity to send a message to Michael Bennett and the rest of the league about what kind of behavior is acceptable and what kind of behavior is unacceptable. And they chose to do nothing at all. I just don't understand how anyone with a functional brain in the NFL office could have watched this video. And made the decision not to suspend him at all. I just don't get it. All right, let's bring in the crew uh, in Nashville and in LA. I want to go around the horn and get you guys' opinions. Uh, Jason Martin, several things. We're gonna. I'm gonna ask you three questions. I want to see if this morning I am completely on point. If I am brilliant in my analysis of all three of these issues. One, do you agree with me that Michael Bennett should have been suspended? Two, you might need to jot down these questions because I'm giving you three. Two. Am I right that it is a poor decision to bring back Aaron Rodgers, given I know he got the okay, but given how easily some of these collarbone issues are to re-injure, look at what happened to Tony Romo, and given the fact that I think the odds of the Packers winning all three of their games are low. And even if they win all three of their games, I think the odds of the Packers still making the playoffs are low so, uh, am I right there again? The pa- the Packers finish with on the road against uh, the the Panthers. Then they get the Minnesota Vikings. Then they finish on the road against the Detroit Lions. I think the odds of the Packers winning all three of those games and getting into the playoffs are low. And finally, am I correct that LeVar Ball is officially jumped the shark here and now, unfortunately, has started to become. A major negative influence on his two younger sons I'll start with you Jason Martin
1: on Aaron Rodgers I completely agree with you I said this actually when you were out over the holiday I don't think he should be allowed to play and I'll just mention the first team that he has to play he has to go to Carolina who is as hungry as anybody right now needs to continue winning obviously and they are third in the league in sacks they have 40 sacks on the season you want to talk about a repaired collarbone, somebody that, look, he's medically cleared at this point. I don't know if that means he's 100%. I'm sure it would take a little while, at least to get his sea legs against him, and you're going against that pass rush on the road. I think that by itself is enough to shut it down because the future of Aaron Rodgers is still quite bright. He still has many more years, potentially, if he could stay healthy. He's still got at least you know four or five years left in his career at the very least, So I don't think that you wager that against a possibility of making the playoffs when you don't have a great team around Aaron Rodgers. The reason why he's always in the MVP conversation, no matter what, is because he's usually not surrounded with much. His offensive line's not always that good. His defense is not always that good. And he doesn't even have that many weapons out there. So I think you save this guy from himself. He sends that post. He sends a thumbs up on Instagram. You say, that's great. I'm glad you're healthy. We'll see you next year, Aaron. I would absolutely not let Aaron Rodgers play. That's the answer to the first question. The second one's pretty easy. Yes, Michael Bennett should have been suspended. I don't care what Michael Wilbon said about how he believes that somebody from the Jaguars was doing something that probably kind of set Bennett off, and this was just retaliation, and that's what happens in football. No, I'm sorry, it's not. It might be what happens in football, but that doesn't mean it's okay when it's caught like this. I still think the Gronk thing was worse, but I think this was definitely second... Juju Smith-Schuster was at least in the confines of football, despite the fact that it was cracked back and it was definitely nasty, and he stood over him after the fact. But what Michael Bennett does was about as bush league as it gets. Uh, you know, I don't understand why the world seems to be ready to prop him up in the sports media, and somebody, and it's like nobody's going to call him out, and this is a time and a team that needs to be called out sometimes. Because it seems like they have really taken control. We talked about it yesterday. It does not appear that Pete Carroll has any kind of control or wants any control. If you saw the at the end of that game when everything was going down, what was Pete Carroll doing every time the camera flipped to him? He was standing on the sidelines looking forlorn and just not motion, just motionless. not Not engaged at all. Not trying to keep his guys back on the sidelines properly. He was just kind of sitting there letting it happen. I don't know that they even respect him. Quite frankly, as a coach at this stage, and then finally LeVar Ball. It's just sad. I don't think either one of those kids is playing in Lithuania in a year. I don't think they'll be able to handle it. <laughs> How about I don't a month? Think yeah, I mean, could month a month might be a good over under. Quite frankly, and then last night you're watching Lonzo, and I'm sitting there watching that game, and he's having a really nice game, especially in the third quarter when that was a lot of fun going up and down. The camera showed LeVar Ball constantly. Every time Lonzo did something from his courtside seat, LeVar would stand up and be histrionic right there on camera. Even when it wasn't on him, he was in the way of the shot. He was in the way of the hard camera shot that was actually capturing the action during that game. And now you look at pulling one of the kids out of high school and then taking the other one out of UCLA. The UCLA one makes more sense to me at this stage. But taking a kid out of high school at 16 and sending him across so that you can continue to try and build this ball name and try to sell shoes right now, I think that he had already kind of ended his 15 minutes as far as I was concerned. I'm sad that we're even talking about it. But at this point, he's now a detriment to those two kids. And he continues to be a detriment for Lonzo because Lonzo's not able to just stand on his own two feet because his dad won't actually get out of the spotlight. And this is what we worried about when he went to the NBA was, you know, LeVar said, you know, I've done my job, I'll sit in the background. Well, he's absolutely not sitting in the background. And I don't know exactly what you do because you've created this monster. Sports media has created this monster. And I don't know whether or not Magic or whoever with the Lakers can get this under control, but it's bad for Lonzo, and it's especially bad for the 16-year-old
2: child. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. We were just talking about the uh,
3: NFL Network sexual harassment story, which I think is pretty massive in terms of basically the sexual harassment uh, stories that began with Harvey Weinstein and then moved through Hollywood and have continued to circulate through the media coming to light now on the sports media in general and in particular on the NFL's own network. And I think the NFL, I mean, you guys will, some of you will roll your eyes at this. A lot of the others of you will say, you know what? Clay Travis is right. I think the NFL put out the code red on this story with its television partners and said, don't cover it. I I swear to you, this is what has happened. Because NBC, CBS, ESPN, and Fox, nobody really is talking on television about this huge sexual harassment lawsuit and all of the details embedded in it. I think the NFL let its television partners know... Do not cover this. And the NFL will try this every now and then. It's like the Omerta code. The NFL is all powerful. And sometimes if there are stories that they don't believe are being uh, reflecting favorably upon them, and they also potentially could reflect unfavorably upon all the television partners, I think there is a handshake agreement. That's just my theory on why this story so far has not gotten that much coverage, despite the fact that you've got salacious people involved, Marshall Falk, you've got uh, big-time television stars on the NFL network, you've got a lot of big-time NFL celebrities involved in that sexual harassment lawsuit. And again, all those guys have the presumption of innocence, right? I'm not saying that they are in any way have behaved for sure inappropriately. In fact, I think if you look at all that evidence, you can make an argument that it's likely that this woman was behaving inappropriately too, that potentially her motive could be because she was getting fired. All sorts of stories there that could be true as well. But to me, what I find fascinating is I think there is a handshake agreement among all these sports media companies not to cover dirty laundry stories like this for fear that they may soon have their own dirty laundry stories. And so ESPN and Fox are shaking hands, NBC and CBS, and all the way around the circle, they're all shaking hands and in agreement with the NFL network that they are not going to turn what would otherwise be pretty substantial allegations into major stories. I want you to think about that for a minute. Think about, say, the way that ESPN covered Baker Mayfield grabbing his groin on the sideline, compared to the way that the sports media has covered allegations against huge superstars who are on television on the NFL network. Almost nothing, right? I mean, it's crazy to think about. It's like there really still is a, uh, you know, sort of like a a, a fancy room where everybody sits in, with cigars and they decide, you know what, we're not going to cover this. It's going to make our television partner, the NFL, look bad. And so I think that's why this sexual harassment story has not gotten anywhere near the same amount of attention as something that is totally inconsequential, like uh, a guy like Baker Mayfield grabbing his groin on the sideline. I think that's what's going on here. I think there has been an agreement across the board not to cover the NFL sexual harassment scandal because it's an NFL network related property and it makes the NFL look bad and and already it's been a tough year for the NFL in terms of media, and so there is a handshake agreement in the sports media not to cover these lawsuits that involve, uh, obviously, huge superstars. Do you guys agree with me? Quickly, let's go around the horn. Do you think there is some sort of handshake agreement not to cover this story in the sports media so that the NFL doesn't end up looking
1: worse on women's issues? Jason Martin. I don't know that I agree that it's a definite fact, obviously, because we don't know, but I think it's certainly possible, which is just as bad, honestly. I mean, this is something that has happened in the past, and obviously with the Bill Simmons thing with the NFL a couple of years ago with ESPN, and kind of how they've towed the line, certainly, for the league that they bought all that money into for Monday Night Football. I, I Like I said, I don't know. Maybe that will come out. Probably not. But I don't think that it's egregious for you to suggest that it's possible.
3: Uh, there's no doubt that it's not coming out. And by the way, we've got—is this what happened? One of you guys just popped this in. We've got another sexual yeah. harassment allegation against the NFL Network. Yeah, uh, Lindsay
1: McCormick last we'll night hit on this. Instagram. We'll we, we don't have a lot of time hour. here.
3: We'll get it in the third hour. Um, but uh, this obviously is not going to be a good look for the NFL. And this story is up on Newsweek, which is where I think the coverage for most of this is going to have to come from outside of the sports arena. And uh, boy, this could potentially
2: be. Uh, a more of an ugly situation for the NFL. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app.
3: We're joined now by Dan Wetzel. I'm curious if he buys into this at all. Dan, do you buy into this idea? I know you read about the NFL Network allegations, and again, they're just allegations. These guys deserve the right to defend themselves. But my theory here is, and I see it happen time and time again, Roger Goodell picks up the bat phone and he says please don't cover this. Like this is, a, this is not a sports story for NFL league partners, and he's got a direct line to CBS, he's got a direct line to NBC, he's got a direct line to Fox, and he's got a direct line to ESPN because every single one of those television networks, their most important relationship is with the NFL. And as a result, these issues don't get talked about very much on shows, even though, in particular here, this is an NFL-owned product. The NFL Network, if you compare, say, the amount of coverage of these allegations with the amount of coverage of Ezekiel Elliott allegations, there's no comparison. You buy into this at all that there's a little bit of an omerta code there where the league's television partners agree not to cover dirty laundry like this?
4: Uh, I I don't think Roger Goodell's calling anyone or anyone from the NFL's calling anyone because the exposure on that would take this scandal um through the roof you may have people who assume and i have absolutely no idea of this about this but you might sit there and say hey this is something they won't want i mean this is you don't actually need direction if you if you know what they're looking for um but the idea that they would call if that got out would be then you've got a scandal
3: but it would uh, never I, it would never get out because you're uh, calling direct to the top of the line and because these leagues are also desperate for the NFL. I mean, let me take a step back beyond that. I, th- I would not be surprised at all if there's been telephone calls made about this. In fact, I would expect it. But do you believe that this is, do you agree with me that this is a pretty big story in the world of sports in general, and in particular with the NFL, given that they own the NFL network and all of the issues they've had with you know domestic violence and the way that they treat women in general? This is a pretty big NFL, story in my mind.
4: I think the NFL would love that this does not get discussed, sure. No yeah. question. I just think, the you know, do, do they call? I mean, we we could never quite prove that they called to try to deflate gate and stuff. I mean, the networks and, and the media is an interesting thing because it, it latches on to a certain story and it'll just pound it to death.
2: It and, is and true.
4: As guilty as guilty as anyone else on this, but, like, there's a lot of things that are embarrassing about the NFL. They get pounded to death, like how they handled Ray Rice. You know, how'd you not get the video? Like, that story was monstrous for a long, long time. Um, but like any business, sure, the NFL's going to try to do their thing. I, here's my thought on this story on why it's not that big of a deal. Um, none of these, I mean, Marshall Fox is a great player and stuff, but like, not that many people watch the NFL Network. Uh, you know, it's an allegation. It's not, I mean, compared to Ezekiel, Ezekiel is playing. Like, his six-game suspension mattered. And um, that was also, you know, there, was, there, were, there were more significant allegations, I, I would think, than this. I don't know. I think that there's, the NFL would love this not to happen. I think it's a story because, yeah, this is the NFL's thing. I think ESPN suspended a couple of the guys involved that now work for them, Uh, I would not be surprised if this becomes a bigger role or a bigger, you know, there's more of this stuff that comes out in television or radio or anything else and pretty much, I mean, I think I saw the other day like a chef got in trouble, like, uh, you know. Yeah, Mario
3: Balotelli, I think.
4: Yeah, I'm like, boy, we're down to the chefs. Yeah. Um, You know, and I'm sure, no, no, I don't want to make light of if there's victims and stuff because, you know, there could be. I just was like, wow, I hadn't even thought of chefs. I don't spend a lot of time thinking of chefs, but, um, you know, I, I think they would, it, it, it's, it's, if you've got employees, you're going to have this stuff happen. And so, yeah, would, does the, NFL want this thing off the back, off the front burner? Absolutely. They do. They don't need this. Um, but I don't think this is quite because of who's involved. You know, it's like the NFL network's got like 7,000 former players working over I watch the NFL network a lot. I never know who the heck's on the show. They just kind of roll through a million guys, and you're like, "Oh yeah, that guy, uh, I remember him." Um, and, and they all got the same suit. I swear they all wear the exact same suit, fancy suit, and all that. Great shoes. They all look good. Uh, <laughs> it's a good looking lineup. They're all in good shape. You know, it's like <laughs> look at these guys. Anyway, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't think they're trying to actively trample it down. But clearly, the the because this isn't if they couldn't keep the Ray Rice story down, which they kind of tried, I guess. Uh, if you know, Deflate Gate eventually blew up on them. I mean, you can you can you can make. I mean, we get a ton of traffic and a ton of attention when we're bashing on the NFL and Goodell. And uh, I, you know, I don't work for ESPN, but no one ever tells me not to do that. What are you? You're a dad.
3: I'm a dad. We've been talking about three different stories that I think are crazy this morning as our lead. One, the idea that Aaron Rodgers is going to make the playoffs, I think, is crazy. When you look at him having to go to the Panthers, they host the Vikings, then they go to the Lions. At best, they would be 10-6. and 6. They likely would still not make the playoffs if you look at the other teams above them. LeVar Ball sending his kids to Lithuania and Michael Bennett not being suspended because the NFL says they think he was trying to recover a fumble. Which of these decisions is the most ridiculous? The Packers playing the Aaron Rodgers, LeVar Ball sending his sons to Lithuania, or the NFL arguing Michael Bennett shouldn't be suspended for diving at the back of a guy's legs because they think he was trying to uh, recover a fumble?
4: I hate on principle that last second play where they're all diving at each other's legs. And I get it's football. That never works, does it? No. I mean, like they really. I'm I'm like, look, it's football. Let's play football, right? I'm not into like let's ban, let's make this thing flat football. But there's certain. I mean, like that play never works. Just ban it. It never works. All they do is try to smash each other's ankles up. And even if a guy doesn't break his ankle, it's like he still, (laughs) it still hurts, right? Like, what player safety? I hate that end of the end of the play. And they all have a fight, and then it's it's this big delay. It's just the stupidest thing ever. Um, you do not have, like, guys just charging at dudes in basketball trying to – Yeah, yeah it's, just a, it's just a dumb play. So um, I don't know whether he gets suspended or not, but I hate that play. I mean, LeVar Ball taking his kids to Lithuania is totally nuts. I, I say that with – you know, there's part of me that appreciates that LeVar Ball is an active father in his kids' lives. And, and like, the family, if you meet the family, they really, like, they all love each other, and they're all in on these kind of plans, and this is what they're doing, and it's, it's sort of endearing in a way. Um, but in terms of a strategy on how to get your kids to the N- NBA, <laughs> leaving UCLA and going to a Lithuanian Pro League is the worst idea you could come up with. Like, LaMelo... LaMelo is 16 years old. He's a really good basketball player. I've seen him play basketball, right? He's a five-star recruit. He can go into UCLA for one year, be a star, have a good time, turn pro, the first-round draft pick, if not a top-15 draft pick, okay? Almost almost assuredly, even with his dad around. You just put him on a team in a 9,000-person village in southern (laughs) Lithuania where the two guys he needs to beat out are 28- and 32-year-old Lithuanian, grown-ass men. Good luck in practice. You just put a 16-year-old kid <laughs> up against two... Gr- Can you imagine? You think those guys are going to be like, oh, let's be nice to our new teammate. Are you kidding me? you be like dropping them with elbows. I, I mean, this forget, forget Jello, right? He's not going to make the NBA. Okay, the, the way to do him was just... I thought they did a good job. Hey, you want the other two? You got to take Leangelo, Le- 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 Le full ride UCLA. Right? Smart. Boom. My kid. You be the agent. You can be the agent for the other two. Okay? Or you can have a good time playing UCLA basketball. That's how you do this. You don't. So LiAngelo's Le- not going to make it. This is a terrible idea for him. He's not good enough. But you have an NBA player right here. Now he's probably going to make the league anyway. But and it may benefit him to get his just get kicked around, but he could be dominating dominating the you know CIS out in California. He could be, and go to UCLA. I mean, he had a clear path. You don't not try this.
3: do not pick-up basketball positive... games, Dan, in L.A. probably more competitive than Lithuanian basketball? Like, if your goal is to get La, uh, La, 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 LaMelo, right, if your goal is to get LaMelo into the NBA couldn't you just train your son in L.A., even if you want to homeschool him and pull him out of school, a regular high school and everything else? Wouldn't you be able to get better games like pickup style at top gyms in L.A. than you're going to get in Lithuania and pro basketball?
4: you'll You'll get better. The basketball is way better, which is the problem. It's too good. I mean, if he just wants to practice games and have pickup games, yeah, but that's not really intense. I mean, I will say this. If he comes through this, and they actually stay. I mean, I, to me, the first time they get some cabbage borscht for lunch, they're out of there. Okay, but and, and they realize there's nothing in this town. Okay, I looked up this town. It's nine thousand people. Nine thousand people live in the town. Okay, <laughs> it's in the middle. I don't know if there is a. There is anywhere. I think all of Lithuania is in the middle of nowhere. But this is in the middle of nowhere in Lithuania. Okay, so. Uh, if he, if he sticks it out, and LaVar has got two years. He's, not, he's only a high school senior. He's supposed to be a high school senior until he decided to get, quote-unquote, homeschooled by LaVar Ball, which was one of my favorite plot twists of the whole thing. LaVar Ball High School. Yes. Uh, who doesn't want to go to that thing, right? Uh, he major in drama. That's, you, that's every major. The, the idea that if he can make it through this, I mean, he's going to come out and people be like, man, this guy, I love this kid but the Lithuanian and played a bunch of 30-year-old Lithuanian men. These guys are good players. I mean, like, a, a, a really good college basketball player can't make it in this league. I mean, they produce pro basketball players. But it's like, these are the guys. The thing with the NBA, there's, there's 13 active spots on every NBA team, okay? There's uh, 30 teams, 390 jobs. Everyone in the world is trying to get one of those jobs. And this is like... The bottom of the barrel, not bottom of the barrel because they're bad, but, like, this is where, like, you are killing each other to get noticed. And you can't just kind of cruise through it. This is where Aaron Baines of, of the Celtics, the big Australian, played for the Pistons, played the Celtics now. Like, just, I'm just going to beat the hell out of everybody until I make the NBA. And he did. He's Baines's a pretty good little play, pretty good player, but he's a you know, backup center um, generally. Playing more now for the Celtics, but because of Hayward. But you know, this is just these are just these are just gut fights. I mean, you can't you put a 16 year old into that situation. He can get exposed. He can get injured. He can get defeated. He can quit in a month, and everyone go look. You're you know because what 16 year old really wants to go to Lithuania? Let alone one who's lived his life. So absolutely terrible idea as a strategy. Uh, I appreciate the Ball family is sort of like this 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 all in family like we're the family we're doing it our way and I there's a, there's a part of me that sort of nods that but man you are really risking it with a almost surefire NBA player like you get a kid like that just don't screw him up this is it, not screwing them up is go to UCLA have a good time two years you're playing in the NBA this is like we're gonna roll the dice on this sucker and hope you uh, you even get on the floor
3: no kidding at all. Um what do you think about the decision to bring back Aaron Rodgers?
4: Uh yeah, I I mean it, the smart play probably is to sh- is to shut him down, but um it's the NFL, man. When a guy's ready to go, they go out there and play. I mean, it's just that's just that's just the mentality. Uh I don't see an easy path to the playoffs at all. I, I think your point is, you know, Minnesota's too far ahead. You it, 10 may not get you the wild card in the, in the NFC, likely won't. Uh, so it seems like more risk than not, but that's the NFL mentality guys up next guy up. Let's go. And, uh, and Rogers does not want to sit out. He wants to play. You got a talent like Rogers. You hate wasting any part of any season. Cause you're only going to have him for so long, but not a fan of the move necessarily, but I understand it. And And it's kind of just, that's almost how NFL teams have to work. If you're, if you're, if you're, I do it's the wrong term, but if you're babying Aaron Rodgers, what to say to the other guys and the team that you are sending out there.
3: Who wins? Final question for you. Pat Steeler's biggest game by far of the next weekend coming up in the NFL. Who wins in Pittsburgh?
4: I think the Pats will win. I take absolutely nothing from that game the other night. I mean, you don't have Gronk. Uh, I I think Pittsburgh's defense is, without Shavier is is, is, uh, it's just not the, quite the same. They've got to figure something out. So I, I'll, I'll take New England in that game. Um, but, it, you know, that game kind of feels like Alabama-Auburn. Like, great game, not going to matter. They're going to, you know, one, they'll both make the playoffs. New England can go back to Pittsburgh and win in a month. Um, you know, it's it's sort of like a, a big, huge game. feels big, but it's like nothing's going to get proven one way up. These two are meeting again either in Pittsburgh or in Foxborough, which I don't think will even matter because the quarterbacks are so experienced uh, in late January.
3: Good stuff as always, Dan. Thanks for getting up early with us. We'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, take care. That's Dan Wetzel. Go follow him on Twitter, Yahoo Sports National. Call on this.